The phenomenal Gertrude Lothian Bell came from a family of wealthy British industrialists in the north of England in the mid-19th century. From sheep farmers and blacksmiths, they had become the sixth richest family in Britain. The Bells, at their most powerful, employed some 45,000 workers at their steel and chemical works and mines. They made the steel components, weighing 50,000 tonnes, for the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the track for hundreds of thousands of miles of railways all over the world. They were intellectuals, liberal voters and anti-aristocracy, although they had begun to marry into the nobility. In childhood, Gertrude met the scientists, writers and statesmen of the day as they visited her grandfather and her father in Yorkshire. Men such as Charles Dickens, Charles Darwin, Robert Louis Stevenson and William Morris. Even as a child, Gertrude was intimidated by no one, telling a divinity teacher that she didn't believe a word of it. She began her adult life at 20, in 1888, by becoming the first woman to gain first-class honours in modern history at Oxford University. After a life full of adventure and rule-breaking and exploration, she did something of unique importance. She founded a nation, the nation of Iraq. Her father, Hugh Bell, was married at 23 to Mary Shield, a beautiful local girl. She was the daughter of a Newcastle merchant. Gertrude was their first child, born in 1868. Tragically, Mary Bell survived only three weeks after the birth of their second child, Gertrude's brother, Morris. Hugh became for a time a poignant figure, working six days a week at the Clarence Steelworks in Middlesbrough. His sister Ada moved in to run the house and look after the children. Hugh had to share his Sundays with his sister, a wet nurse, and some half-dozen servants. Through the matchmaking of his two sisters, he met and then married Florence Evelyn Eleanor Olive. She had been born and brought up in Paris, where her father was physician to the British Embassy. The good-hearted Florence, who now became mother to Gertrude, adored children and domestic life. She wrote plays and novels and became heavily involved in social work, into which she would co-opt Gertrude whenever she was at home for long enough. Florence wrote a groundbreaking factual book, At the Works, the result of 30 years of interviews with the families of steelworkers, exposing the suffering they endured. The bond between Hugh and the eight-year-old Gertrude was extraordinary. They were everything to each other, and would remain so even when living on opposite sides of the world. Florence was to write a novel concerning the second wife of a man whose bond with his daughter was so strong as almost to exclude his wife. The deep mutual affection was to both the very foundation of existence until the day she died. Florence never tried to divide them, but she had difficulty with Gertrude, who was used to bossing the household and running rings around her unfortunate governesses. She was domineering and willful. She would climb on the greenhouse roof. She played the garden hose down the laundry chimney and flooded the fire. And she galloped about the countryside and beaches on her ponies while her small brother tried to follow her, coming home covered with cuts and bruises. It was not long before Florence had her own children, Hugo, Elsa and Molly. Gentle and forbearing as Florence was, she found the teenage Gertrude too much for her, scowling, noisy, argumentative, opinionated, bursting with energy and thirsty for knowledge. And so, most unusually for a girl of her wealth and class, 
Gertrude was sent to school in London, to Queen's College in Harley Street, and from there to Lady Margaret Hall, Oxford. Having done that with brilliance, Gertrude came back to a Florence determined to get rid of her Oxfordy manner and turn her into a marriageable prospect. For a while, before becoming a debutante presented to the Queen at court, she was entrusted with housekeeping, care of her sisters and brothers, and bookkeeping. As a reward, she was given a wardrobe of wonderful clothes and sent on holiday to embassies in Bucharest, Tehran, and Berlin, where her uncle was British ambassador. She went around the world twice, once with her brother Morris and the second time with her half-brother Hugo. She must be one of the best documented women of all time. There are 75 feet of shelving in the Bell Archive, with its 16,000 letters, 16 diaries, seven archaeological field books, dozens of small leather notebooks, and the 3,000 items collected under the heading Miscellaneous. Then there are her eight published books, and hundreds of political position papers. There are also 7,000 glass plates of the photographs she took of archaeological sites, now ransacked or crumbled away, and images of Middle Eastern life as it had been lived for thousands of years. Those are the papers and photographs in Newcastle University alone.